Hello and welcome back to my podcast, Upfront with Jane. My name is Jane Entwistle and I'm the director and founder at Intice Creative. On this episode, I'm joined by Ollie Radcliffe, who is the digital communication specialist at Betty and Taylor's. Betty and Taylor's are the parent brand to the famous Yorkshire Tea, who needs no further introduction. We are all huge fans of Yorkshire Tea at Intice Creative. We've got a real love for the jam and toast flavour, so we are massively excited to meet Ollie today, discuss things Yorkshire Tea related. Ollie started his career in finance prior to moving over into marketing and creative, where he started initially agency side prior to joining Betty and Taylor's in 2019. Some of the areas that we cover today are the positives impact of social media, the changes that Betty and Taylor have made as a result of COVID. We also touch on working within a creative environment and how this has been impacted by teams working remotely. And Ollie also shares his tips on how he feels the perfect brew should be made. So without further ado, I will introduce you to Ollie. Hi Ollie, thank you for joining me today. No worries, thanks for having me. Yeah, no, it's an absolute pleasure. We are big fans of um, the brands and we've got lots of advocates here. So we're um, excited to get chatting with you today. So to kick things off, perhaps you could tell me a little bit about um, your career and how you've got to where you are. Yeah, so um, so yes, yeah, so I've been in what marketing for seven, eight years now, I think, um, give or take. I mean, I lose track of time, to be honest. Um, so I started... Yeah, a while back. Um, I used to work in finance, like way sort of like fresh out of um, college. Um, and I was just sort of working for a couple of banks at the time, didn't really know what I was doing. Um, and I was scrolling through Facebook one night, as you do, um, as a sort of social media nerd. And um, there was a job at Cafe Mambo that came up in Ibiza. I was scrolling through, scrolling through, and it was like, we need a, a photographer, a videographer. And a community manager and at the time because i was working like sales and finance i didn't really know any of that um all i knew was i'd like to work in ibiza um and i've not got a camera so photography and videography is like straight out of the question um and sort of i started looking into sort of like community management i'm like okay it's a social media sort of thing um i've been doing sort of like ad hoc little bits for um, like clubs and nightlife and stuff like that at the time and um i thought right okay well i'll, I'll give it a go and uh, got talking to uh, the uh, marketing director at Cafe Mambo at the time. And so I went through a couple of interviews and um, yeah, basically said, you've got a job, can you come out in two weeks? So off I went, packed my bags. And then, uh, yeah, two years later, and after sort of like working with um, working with them, working across the group um, and sort of managing all their social media, so I found that you know, actually, yeah, this is something that I want to pursue as a career. I've done all sorts of amazing things like interview DJs and um, capture. It was like right at the time when video was getting big on Facebook and the algorithms changed. So sort of like really were quite early adopters of that and just pushing out just raw video content. Um, so we got some really good results. And then, um, yeah, and then after two years and sort of many sangrias came back and um, wanted to just sort of like carry on that journey. But started to dip my toe in agency and um, I think I did a good like four or five years of my career in sort of like different agencies working from small agencies small local agencies to um, like bigger bigger ones so um, managing sort of like multinational international clients and I actually set up um, so for one of my last agencies set up their um, sort of their 
social media team um, and started sort of taking it full, fully through from sort of uh, prospecting and winning new business to managing the clients and then going through to sort of like end reporting and, and everything else and growing that team. Um, and then, yeah, that was that was really well, really good. Um, really sort of like opened my eyes agency. I think that was one of the best things that in terms of like a catalyst for growth, I think it's brilliant. I'd recommend anyone in marketing goes and works in an agency at some point just because you're surrounded by all these experts and you put into that almost like pressure cooker environment where it's, you know, you've got, um, you've got to manage the sort of like the invoicing and everything else. And also you're surrounded by these experts that you're just soaking up information from. Um, and it's all from people that just specialize in those different areas. Mm. Um, so I really took a lot from that. And then, um, yeah. And then it sort of led me down to this, this client side switch a couple of years ago, um, where this job at Betty's and Taylor's, um, or specifically tales of Harry because the business is split in two halves. Um, managing the digital for Yorkshire Tea and Tales of Harrogate Coffee came up, and um, yeah, I just jumped at the opportunity. I was sort of like looking at the time for an opportunity to sort of like spread myself out because I was quite social specific at that time, um, and I had the know-how because I'd sort of like I said I picked it up from from managing these different uh, uh, different clients and being in that agency environment. And um, yeah, jumped to the opportunity and it's been two years later and many campaigns since. And um, yeah, it's just going from strength to strength at the minute. Yeah, absolutely. And do you think your time at agency has given you an appreciation of um, the accountability that you sort of have to take on as an agency? Yeah, massively. I think um, it's sort of when it's, it's really benefited me having to knowing like both sides of the coin. Mm-hmm. Um, so like knowing sort of the, the pressures and the um, sort of like the nuances that you have from an agency side uh, that can come through from client side, but then also vice versa. Um, and I think it, it's really given me a good rounded understanding yeah. um, of just sort of, I mean, I'm trying to think of an example, but I think it's just, it's tricky to pin it down to one specific thing, but um, yeah. It's just- with agency, you also get um, the chance to bounce so many different ideas for different clients as well, don't you? Which actually yeah. something, something completely random from one campaign might spark something off in another client that you just think, actually, do you know what? That's just having that break from working on that one client all the time, which is where I think agency keeps you so fresh. Yeah, definitely. I think having that, because um, a lot of the skills in marketing, once you know how to do something, you can transfer it across. <laughs> and I think there's a lot of learnings that I definitely took anyway from sort of like working on, um, like big hospitality brands or um, travel and tourism brands that I could then take through and put into, um, you know, sort of like different brands like um, shopping centres. I did a lot of work on shopping centres, for example. Um, and yeah, the skills are really transferable um, and it's good to have that, that fully rounded um, experience, I suppose. I think it's nice from an agency side when you're working with somebody in-house that they have been agency as well. I'm sure when you're um, engaging with agencies as part of your role now, you feel like I can totally sympathise on their side of things and have an appreciation uh, of what of their pressures as well. Yeah, it is. I think I'm also, um, because I've come from an agency background, I've been doing the, I've I've done the do sort of thing. And Mm. it's been, I think I I can sometimes be one of those clients that's a bit like, well, if you just jump in ads manager and do this, then it'll yeah. like, and I know for a fact, I know for a fact, so if the digital team at um, one of our agents will be listening to this, they're like, yeah, you do that all the time, Ollie, it's really <laughs> annoying. Um, but I think it's 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 good though, because it, it gives like, for me, when I get the, the final reports through, 
um, I think because I've, I've had that experience, then I, I can understand it more. And I think then communicating that internally um, to people that aren't like digital natives or, you know, don't, when it starts, we start talking about like CPMs and CPCs, it just sort of like goes over the head. I think it, it's helped me have that understanding to be able to sort of communicate internally better. Yes. Um, which I'm thankful for. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're lucky to be working for a brand that embraces so much personality and character. Um, was that something that attracted to you to the role? Yeah, it's something that, um, it, it's definitely something that attracted me to the role. And I think one of the uh, the beautiful things about Taylor's is like what you see um, through like the Yorkshire Tea social media channel, for example, that personality is very much who we are as a brand and how we communicate with each other internally. Um, we're very much that sort of like no frills, just, you know, quite, um, you know, just really authentic and, and quite happy and charming internally. And um, I think that, yeah, that was definitely one thing that that came across just sort of like going through my first interviews. Mm. And the culture of the business as well is absolutely fantastic. I mean, we've got people here um, across both arms, Betty's and Taylor's that have been working for the business, God, 30 odd years. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just testament to sort of how well, um, you know, we treat our staff and the, the culture that we've got um, as well internally. Definitely, definitely comes across. Um, and what would you say, what changes have you had to make and adapt with your digital strategies over the last 12 months, obviously since COVID hit? Yeah, all sorts. I mean, there was a massive period of uncertainty right at the start of it all. Um, and obviously having two halves of the business where we've got one area sort of in core hospitality and sort of dabbling in online. And then another area, which is sort of like core, um, you know, working with retailers and um, pushing sort of like offline conversions almost. Um, that sort of digital side of things has been there, but it's, it's never been a, a sort of a key focus. Um, purely down to the fact that the money that moves through through retailers is never really going to be or was never at the time one that would be considered to be matched through sort of online channels but I think sort of like usage behaviors have changed and um, you know consumer mindset shift shifted digital's really come to that forefront yeah so we've got uh, Betty's which is you know sort of having a focus on digital now um, and they're sort of seeing great things coming through from selling cakes online um, and then for us as well, we've seen, I think it's like we saw a stat the other day, it was like 65% of our core consumer base are now shopping online or solely shopping online. Mm-hmm. So digital's really shifted and come mm-hmm. to the forefront. Um, and I think that's that's one change that a lot of businesses are going to have to um, adopt pretty quick, especially if they're coming from a traditional mindset. And I think if COVID's done anything, it's just these sort of, um, thoughts have probably been on a lot of market managers and marketing directors' minds for a while in the fact that we need to embrace this digital culture. But I think COVID's really just acted as that catalyst for just, well, actually, no, you need to do it now. And now acceleration. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's the way it's going. Have you noticed from a social side of things, because obviously there's been a lot more people either on furlough or working from home and sort of turned to social media to take comfort from it, really. Have you noticed a shift in behaviour in terms of engagement? Yeah, our, our engagement's pretty much doubled over the course of that first lockdown week. Um, it, it's it, Yeah, it was amazing um, just how quick it changed, to be honest, and how... Um, visible it was as well so I remember pulling the graphs off and just seeing this massive spike and I'm like well, we've not really done anything 
big just yet to sort of yeah to shift that it was just purely from organic behavior um and sales as well sales off the back of it people drinking more tea so that, like sales like holidays sat at home drinking tea yeah. i know i know for a fact i'm drinking more it's like every couple of hours i'm like oh i'll go put the kettle on but yeah, we we saw it. We saw it really spike, and our sort of our um, because it was sort of like period of uncertainty. We basically had to do more with less budget because we wanted to try and as a business make sure we banked as much of it just because we didn't know what was around the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, and we sort of shifted from. Um, I mean, we've never really been like a hard sell business anyway, and like pushing products, but the core sort of social strategy was very much around well let's just entertain let's just be there just to purely like you know put smiles on people's faces and just bring a bit of light to it um and yeah we started we sort of really took that we started doing um a lot of sort of like low level content that was just around um yeah just making people smile and we've got an excellent social media manager who i work with as well um who was sort of just knocking out really really great tweets at the start of it all um, and then even through to the bigger activations as well. So like social distancing teapot, um, Brilliant, yeah. September, yeah. which was, I remember being in the meeting for that, uh, working with our sort of lead creative agency. And they were just like, yeah, so we're going to do, uh, we've come up with this idea of a social distancing teapot. And it's basically a two meter long teapot. It's like, right, love it. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you don't need to say anymore. Just a massive teapot. I'm absolutely sold. Um, we jumped on the back of that one and designed you a... Um, Yorkshire teepee for um you know when things started uh, relaxing a bit and you're our people in your garden we thought you need a teepee you need a Yorkshire teepee so uh yeah we're on the same line <laughs> yeah we've um, um I mean the mad thing was we the amount of people that messaged us and we found this with Yorkshire tea like our audience are fantastic it's one of the only brands that I've worked on where um the audience is just so happy like constantly engaged with you talk to you like uh, that you like you've got a personal relationship with them and um off the back of the social distancing teapot the amount of messages we got saying can you please release this i want to buy it um and even off the back i think this morning we just did a bit of a jokey post around um the fact there's been a dinosaur fossil dinosaur. Yeah. yeah yeah and um we sort of did a bit of a um not a bit of a sort of replica of the Jurassic Park scene with the water when there's a, a dinosaur stomping past it with one of the Yorkshire tea mugs. And I think last time I checked, the notifications were just getting flooded. Like, yes, mugs, please. Can we get mugs? Yeah. So if there is anyone listening that is after a mug, I've seen you. It's on my radar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm working on it. <laughs> the mugs are coming. <laughs> the mugs are coming. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> and how much do you, with the social side of things, how much do you plan in advance? Then obviously, if you've got a campaign like the social distance teapot, that's obviously planned in, it's created. But generally, is a lot of it um, reactive and on the day? It, it's all pretty much reactive and on mm-hmm. the day. Um, so we, yeah, I mean, again, sort of from an agency background, we'd have months in advance. We'd be sending content calendars off to clients and be like, can you approve this? Is everything okay? And we'd literally, it, it'd all be sort of done and scheduled in advance. For us at Yorkshire Tea, we we literally, we have, a, we have a few ideas that we've got sort of in the pipeline, but we don't. I don't really know exactly what's going to go out next week. We yeah. keep it really, really agile. And I've found that that's the best way to be, to be honest with you. Um, it allows us to sort of just jump on reactive moments as soon as we see it. Um, it makes sure that we don't have 
like we don't have a massive um, sign-off procedure either, to be honest with you. So normally sort of, um, you know, sort of our social media manager will WhatsApp me ideas quite commonly. Um, and then we'll sort of say, yeah, that's fine. If it's a bit of a risky one, then we might put it up the ladder a little bit further just to make sure that sort of our marketing director is happy with it and we're not going to sort of go viral for the wrong reasons. Um, but most of the time it is, it is literally just a WhatsApp conversation. It's just like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Let's go for it. Um, and that's, we, we just, we find that it's, it allows us to still, like I say, be reactive. It doesn't dilute the content down and you don't get this like too many cooks um, sort of piling in and adding in feedback to the point that the creative idea is lost. Yeah. Um, and the beauty of it is as well, like some of the best performing stuff that we do isn't actually talking about tea. Mm-hmm. Um, and because we've got that personality and uh, that we've built out over years, it allows us to have that. Um, so the amount of sort of creative freedom that we've got on Yorkshire tea specifically, and what we're hoping to get to on Taylor's, um, Taylor's Coffee, because obviously that's another another side, is is brilliant. Yeah, I've seen you just had recently a new website on the Taylor's Coffee side. Was yeah, so we've like in the last few weeks. It's, yeah, last month actually. I think we went last yeah. but start of. Or middle of March, sorry. Um, so yeah, that's that's gone live. That's been a, a few months in the making. Looks really yeah. fresh. Really. Yeah, it's really we thought we wanted to. It, it was born from, like I was saying earlier, this idea of um, you know people this shift in digital uh, behaviour to more people buying online. Mm. And from an FMCG point of view, our website was just in effect a glorified about us page before with some pretty sort of like clunky functionality on it. So it was about. Yeah five or six years old um i really wanted to redefine it and give it like a sense of purpose so we've worked with um worked with a company to build in like add to cart functionality so that then we can start to use paid media to um not going through the full sort of like direct consumer e-commerce route because it's it wouldn't be cost effective for us to do that but to support our retailer partners in pushing sales through their sites um and we're starting to see i think off I pulled the first report actually off yesterday for sort of first month and um, we're already starting to see like a 23% conversion rate, which is interesting. Sort of when we were first going through discussions, we thought actually, you know, no one's going to go visit a a, a brand's website, a supermarket brand's website. Actually, Mm. the appetite is there. And especially at the moment, um, we want, we're seeing people come through to buy. But Taylor's is... um, Taylor's is a, a really interesting brand because you've got two sides of the coin. You've got Yorkshire Tea, which is sort of very established and, and knows its roots and knows what it is. And then you've got Taylor's, which is going through a massive transition of change. So it's sort of shaking off this old heritage that it's got um, as almost being sort of this, um, you know, sort of like older, older brand. And we're starting to sort of make it a bit more uh, appealing to a younger audience and sort of find its personality and find its mojo. And the website was sort of like the introduction to that. We've also got um, a new product range, which is is launched, that's in stores now, which is sort of created for the end drinking mind. Um, we've started some social on there as well. So we're starting to bring that personality through on social, not to a point where we're on Yorkshire Tea, but starting to build those foundations. Um, and we've got some really interesting new ads, which if anyone's watching um, Great British Bake Off on uh, or Celebrity British Bake Off next week, um, they might see. 
I spotted, I, I like the sense of humour. I was reading your LinkedIn profile, actually, which brings me back to Great British Bake Off. I liked some of your little um, asterisks as to what you're working <laughs> on. Building an algorithm for um, Amazon Alexa, which will predict the winner of Great British Bake Off. Like that. Looking forward to seeing that. You're designing a messenger chatbot, which brews the perfect cup of tea. I thought, brilliant. Even the humour's taken through to the profile. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that, I mean, that's us. That's that's what I was sort of saying earlier. About, <laughs> you know, that is that's that's who we are as as people yeah. in the company. Um, it is you know, it's a really creative place to work, and we don't take ourselves too seriously, and we're Absolutely. open to a lot. Um, so yeah, that is that is pretty much us. And I am working on those things, but um, <laughs> the the animated hologram of Jeeves is um, going to be a few years in the making. So Jeeves. <laughs> So how do you think you've managed, especially on the Yorkshire tea side, because it's such a um, long established family brand. So it could be perceived as a brand that, you know, there's modern brands that have come out, but you've absolutely moved with the times. You've kept current. You've brought the audience along with you. You're bringing in new people. So how, how do you think that's been achieved? Do you think social media has been a big part of that as well? Yeah, I think social media has been a massive part of it, to be honest. I think um, social media is it's definitely been a catalyst for us sort of finding that personality and that personality is what's allowed us to cut through in a, um, a, a relatively, some would potentially say dull market. Um, I don't think it is personal. I think there's even some of our competitors um, are doing interesting things, but I think cause it's, it's tea and it's, you know, it's quite habitual. Um, it's not necessarily deemed as a sexy ca category, but I think, for us, sort of, yeah, allowing us to have that personality has been a massive thing and allowing us to cut through. Um, I think social was one of our first channels from memory, um, which was just, it was a bit before my time, the, first, the social channels first started, um, that we actually adopted as a business. And I think social, we started doing social first to sort of find that, find his feet, and then TV and everything came after. Yeah. So very much we've taken that personality that's been developed for like a social first um audience and then roll that out through the the brand personality that you see today there's been some great social campaigns haven't there recently like the obviously um Weetabix with the beans on top and so when you as a brand want to jump onto something like that is that something that you have the ability to get onto quite quickly or is that something you'd have to escalate for approval because I think there was so many brands who probably just missed out on that because the social media probably had a great response um but they didn't get the approval yeah we we jump we can jump on it pretty quick I think yeah. that, that's the beauty of having such a um like we've got so uh, Dom who's our, our marketing director um he was the one that actually founded sort of the Yorkshire Tea Twitter channel when um way back when and um, I think because he's come from a digital background, he's got that trust in us. Um, yeah. We know what we're doing and that he doesn't need to be involved in, in every sort of decision making, which is great because it, it gives us that agility and it allows us to sort of be snappy with our decisions and say, right, okay, yes, that feels right. Um, but even on times when we, you know, we might just need a second opinion, we'll sometimes ask um, one of the brand managers and just bounce it off them as a sounding board, but it's never like a formalised yes this yeah like criteria needs to be met so we can just pretty much pick up on things I mean even like the um the dinosaur tweet that's just gone live this morning that was um that actually came from one of our creative agencies and they spotted it and they were like oh we've seen this article 
yeah. that we can do something about it tomorrow. And we're like, yeah, yeah, sound, just send us over what you're thinking and, and we'll get it live. Um, and yeah, we pretty much turned that around in eight hours. Um, so yeah. really sort of like quick, um, quick and agile. That's good, because you miss it otherwise, don't you? And I think it's not like you're touching on anything that's potentially going to be offensive. It's probably just monitoring the silly level, isn't it, really? So uh... <laughs> It's just finding the line. Um, and I think, again, like the beauty for us is, and I, I think I've said this before, like the, the audience, the audience love that silly. They love that personality. Totally. Especially and at the moment. I think everything's been so doom and gloom for so long. And actually, if you can, and social media itself gets a bad name for itself or you know, online bullying, racism, but actually I always flip it around because obviously I'm a big social media advocate and I say it's the minority that ruin it. And actually yeah. there's so much power through social media. There's so many good things that happen, yeah. but it's more the negatives that come through in the media. Yeah, exactly. And it's, um, it goes, it's that old saying as well, like customer service, where if you have bad customer service, you're more likely to tell seven people. Totally. If, you, if you have good, you'll only tell one. Um, and I think, you know, social media has, especially over the past, um, you know, two, two years at least, it has started to get a bit of a bad rep and it's been in the spotlight more for yeah. the negative reasons than it should. But I always stand around, like I've got family in Australia and, you know, having that, do you think back to 20 years ago when you couldn't just pick up the phone and speak to someone in Australia or shoot them a message without getting ridiculous call fees that ability yeah. to be able to communicate across the world I think is absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. um but yeah it is the minority and I think there's especially with someone like the um the the stories that you see that are a bit more um not sort of specifically on like cancel culture or um the online bullying or anything else but just wider I think us as us as a society need to get better in how we use this technology because it's grown so quickly we've just almost had it thrown upon us and it's always escalating and developing which as you know digital specialists it's a pain to keep on top of sometimes but um i think we've just not had a chance to properly sort of learn the benefits of it and i think in in years to come when it's been around for a bit longer i think we'll probably we'll get there just Mm -hmm. moving at a rate that we as people can't keep up with at the minute absolutely is there one particular campaign then that you could mention, highlight that you've worked on as part of your current role that you think, do you know what, that's been my favourite, that's had the best results? Yeah, so I would, um, I'd pin it to two. Oh, I'm just trying to think now. I always, whenever anyone asks me this question, I'm, I'm too always, many to choose from. Yeah, if, if I were going to say two, um, it would be... Um, I mean, social distancing teapot was absolutely great. And um, watching people's reactions to that was was fantastic. Um, and as a piece of creative, I absolutely love it. Um, oh, God, another one's popped in. Carbon neutral, um, that's on TV at the minute, actually. That's the first time that we've taken a social video and put it on TV. And we're starting to see good results from that. So if anyone sees oh, yeah. that, Take um, a look out for that one. That's a really good one. It's really heartwarming. I remember sat in the... Uh, meeting with the agency I'm like oh this is really wholesome and like warm and fuzzy um and then I think finally the the my favorite one would probably actually be um toast and jam campaign which we did last year um and that was that that was really that was like prime Yorkshire tea being agile um because we had we had a campaign planned um so we'd work we've been planning it for about six months we had this campaign planned we were like right okay We'll go live on this day and then we'll follow it up with this and then this will happen. It was all very methodical. 
and then we went live with it and the um the comments on twitter were just too good not to ignore yeah so the conversation and that the actual announcement post as well that was just from shot from my phone on my garden table outside um and then we just went live with that so it's probably at the time the most low budget product launch we've ever, we've ever done um but yeah off the back of that then the comments that we got sort of spurred on this conversation we decided right okay well we're going to take these tweets and we're going to put them on billboards mm. so we plastered them absolutely everywhere um and we managed to sort of secure and hats off to our media agency for this because the sort of we got creative turned around within 48 hours and then something ridiculous like 600 billboards across the country um again so i think we went live on the wednesday and the main campaign was live then for the friday no um, mess up. yeah we literally we just went straight in with it um but the results were absolutely fantastic to the point where we it was just flying off the shelves you couldn't get older yeah well we're, we're involved in that i absolutely love it i think it's there's the biscuits one as well isn't the team biscuits that one's one of our favorites yeah biscuit brew yeah, yeah. um it's yeah i think that's that was probably my biggest campaign that was my favorite campaign should i say um i think it's interesting what, uh, what you've just highlighted there that when you said about lowest budget as well mm. because obviously over the last 12 months and while we have had restrictions and it's not been so easy to get a videographer photographer out and yeah. um all agencies and companies have had to be more creative with um less resource perhaps and I think actually it almost um that rawness and that real it makes you focus on the creative rather than the execution more and I think it almost brings the best ideas to the forefront sometimes yeah, yeah definitely and I think there's there's a lot to be said as well about challenging yourself to work mm. with a smaller budget um I think as bigger businesses um you know as bigger businesses have bigger amounts of funds I'm not by any means saying that we're a big business with big funds because we're not um, I think it can sometimes be easy to sort of have that budget and rely on that and say, right, okay, well, we're going to just come up with an idea because we've got this money to spare. But I think for us, we're very much, um, we say we've got this sort of like challenge brand mentality where we should always try and challenge ourselves to do, come up with the best ideas possible, but within the remits of, you know, not just falling back on big budget productions. And I think that really, it allows us to push ourselves. It allows us to um, it gives our business as usual, organic social specifically, sort of room to um, to cut through and breathe and sort of be the best that that can be. But then also it gives us, when we do something big, it means that we can really sort of shift our focus on that and be like, right, okay, well, this is a big thing and, and we know that and we're going to give that the time and, uh, time and attention that it deserves. How have you found idea generation then in a team when you're working remotely? Do you think it... Do you sometimes find it suffers a little bit? Do you sort of miss actually sitting down around the table? Yeah, yeah, massively. Um, it's we're still finding it all right. Um, we still we're still getting there, and I think we are now. Things are opening up. It's going to be a bit more. It's going to be a bit easier because we yeah. can do the whole, you know, informal chats and we can meet up with coffees and things like that. And they're well, sometimes usually where the best ideas come from, where it's just sort of me and um, like I say one of the social media managers, and we just sort of chewing the fat on it. Um, but I think it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely been trickier. I think for me, the biggest challenge has been, um, the, the formalities that you now have to sort of, that you feel like you have to go through when communicating with each other. So normally you'd have those like over the desk conversations or, and it just something so simple could be sorted out in 10 minutes. 
but now you've almost you know there's an email that's got to be sent and then that's got to have certain people cc'd in it and then it's a case of um there's a zoom meeting to follow it and uh, something that should have been relatively simple and straightforward instantly becomes a committee almost and it's just that's what i feel um i'm personally lacking and to be honest with you just the that simple i've had an idea what do you think of this like just over yeah and i think sometimes it's almost somebody might start on an idea that's almost there but just having heard pick that up in the office you think actually do you know what that's just led me onto this and that could be brilliant and that's how ideas are generated and it's totally about for me people being together working together and i don't know about whether you've um, brought people into your team but i think it's a real struggle for sort of bringing in graduates and bringing in apprentices to businesses where like you just mentioned with being an agency around these characters you're soaking up all this um knowledge and yeah. it's very difficult to do that because you're almost in a box you're at home you're sort of thinking I don't want to pester them because I know they're busy yeah. and I think it affects your confidence as well when you're just um entry level and you've got an idea but actually it's built up then isn't it to present yeah. it on zoom whereas it might yeah. just be a scribble on a piece of paper that's absolutely fantastic yeah exactly I I really I miss the office and I think um I, I never thought I'd say that because I've um, before sort of like this and sort of as I was sort of in between agencies I did a couple of years freelancing and so like being at home it's not that detached from me to be honest with you or you know working from Starbucks and all those things that you do as a freelancer so I, I kind of embraced it pretty quickly um, but then what I found is just that um, having that noise around you and that feeling like you're in that little bubble and there's loads of people all doing things around you and everything's you know you're picking up little bits it, it drives me mad I can't work in silence I hate yeah. it I've got my airpods in if I'm really concentrating or I like to have just noise going on and it, I genuinely feel like it makes me more productive as a result mm-hmm. um so I've yeah I've found that a bit of a a bit of a challenge to be honest with you just not having that that environment where you can just yeah like soak things up and that human interaction is something that I struggle with anyway. I totally agree with you. I'm absolutely a people person. That's why, that's what makes your company enjoyable, really, isn't it? The culture, the people that you're with. And I think for me, I find if I'm busy and there's a vibe, there's a lot going on, I'm more productive, I can get through more. Whereas otherwise I find quiet almost distracting. It gives me an opportunity yeah. to my brain to go off onto something else. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's it. There's so many distractions as well, isn't there? Like, mm. And I think people say, oh, well, you get your head down from home because you're just there and you can concentrate, which I get to an extent. But I think at the same time, people have no idea as to what you're at with something and they'll just yeah. send through a Teams call and you're thinking, whereas actually they'd read that situation a bit more in an office. Yeah, that's it. I, I mean, I found, um, I found I've just been getting busier and busier and busier and busier over the last yeah. four months. I've really noticed it. Um but it, it's yeah a lot of the things that you know that could be just swatted away if you were if you're in that office environment you could just that didn't need to be an email and a zoom call that could have just been you know a chat over the desk but or just a phone call phone calls don't exist anymore do they <laughs> no, that's, it. that's it me and um lucy the brand manager we sometimes joke about it we say you know like oh we'll do like a phone call because i'm sick of teams <laughs> Uh, and it is it's something different about a phone call now it, that it, that feels like the new like water cool moment as opposed to yeah, like, formal. yeah. 
And it's funny, when we get initial inquiries come through, I always say, well, can we do a phone call first? Because I just find that I'm totally focused on a phone call. Whereas when it's something like this, everyone's checking out your background or looking at different things. Whereas um, you almost feel a bit rude looking off camera, taking notes. So I think, yeah, yeah, there's definitely still a place for a phone call as well. Yeah, no, I think it'll be good. I'm, I'm looking forward to having um, the office open back up, even if we yeah. don't go back to you know, full like nine till fives in the office. I hope we don't go back to the full yeah. nine till fives. I, hope, um, I mean, not so much from our business because we are very much a, like a flexible working culture anyway, to be honest with you. We did before COVID came along, but I know there's a lot of businesses out there where, um, you know, people almost feel like you need to be in the office nine till five. And I, I, I'm hoping that this has pushed people in that direction where actually they realise that no, you know, flexible working can be a thing. Like I know one of the, um, one of the guys in, um, our team has been um, he's been stuck in Germany for the past four months um, so he went sort of back for Christmas and then got caught out with the whole sort of tier four lockdown thing see his family and um, I, I wouldn't have noticed he's still been you know yeah. the work's still been coming in he's still been absolutely everything's been there so yeah um, yeah I think it's it will be a push in the right direction for yeah. um, a lot of businesses I think anyway. I think it'll just be finding a new routine won't it for my thing is if you've got the flexible work and you still want to know what days people are where so yeah you want to collaborate with somebody you know that's their day in the office and almost stick to that so you can work together but I think if you've got a good team and you've got trust in that team they're going to be working wherever they are and I actually think people put more pressure on themselves to work from home to be to show the accountability and I think you're almost more hard on yourself from home because you do feel that you've always got to be on it's like you're living in the office in a way yeah yeah, yeah. I, I I think I was definitely guilty of that in the first yeah. Uh, uh, three or four months I'd say um, and then I just got busy anyway so I didn't need to but I think when we first went into lockdown I just uh, I felt like I needed to put stuff on my plate um, probably or more so I think I needed I felt like I needed to put more on my plate to almost feel like um, yeah to almost feel like I was doing more uh, just a role. Yeah. Yeah, just, just it was so uncertain nobody knew what was safe or what the future yeah. was so exactly making sure that they had a role but yeah I think like and I remember we, we had that we had those conversations internally we were like actually no like you can push things back like we know that you're doing the work yeah. we know that you're working on things you don't have to sort of like overwork yourself just to Tell yourself. Um, and again like testament to the culture that we've got as a business but I think there's a lot of people that'd be that would probably if they actually sort of you know took some time self-reflection and looked at what they had on the place and probably say actually I don't need to do any of that uh, that can wait I've got this on and that's like that's enough that's my role yeah um, I hope a few people do because you know I think we can sometimes over glamorize overworking um, yeah. I don't think you know you can you can be busy and you can be busy for the sake of being busy absolutely yeah it's easy to get lost in that sort of when you work in a working from home environment yeah and I think sometimes just taking that time to reflect if an email comes through at 10 o'clock at night and you reply to show I'm still on I'm absolutely here whereas actually if you just slept on it and thought about it you yeah. probably would have gone back with a better or they'd probably solved the problem by the next day anyway that they'll yeah. come to you for <laughs> so yeah, I think yeah. it can be too quick I think I've, I've tried to be really um like regimented with that was one of the first things when we first started going and working from home I thought 
we're going to be doing this for a while. Um, it's going to be quite easy to, you know, overwork yourself to the point where it's getting to nine o'clock at night and I'm, you know, still answering emails. And ultimately that work's never going to go away. It's always going to be there. Um, so I tried to make sure that I stayed, you know, really regimented, sort of like not working past 6.30 if I were really busy, but always trying to make sure that I logged off at 5.30. Um, and making sure that like I took at least half an hour just for a quick lunch break, if just a quick walk around the block to make sure I'm getting some fresh air. I've really sort of managed to stick to that. Um, I think had I not sort of set those rules and those boundaries with myself really early on, I think I'd have, I'd have probably burnt out by now. Yeah, yeah that's another thing. People haven't really taken holidays because there's been nowhere to go. Yeah. And I think holiday is not just about going away. Well, it is. It's amazing going away. But, <laughs> but you just need that break to... And actually, sometimes that's when you have the best ideas, the best things come to you because you're not in the nine till five grind of it. And I think yeah. that's something that I feel that employers need to be making sure that they are encouraging holidays even though people might be reluctant to take it I think once you do take a bit of time off you realize how much you need it really yeah oh definitely I think I mean the bank holiday weekend just gone like that was god like breath of fresh air came absolutely especially when you know everybody's off because you know there's nobody wanting you at that particular time (laughs) yeah definitely so are you a coffee person or a tea person then Oh, it depends what time of day you ask me, Jane. Yeah. Um, I'm normally I normally have a coffee on the morning. Um, yeah. It also depends how much sleep I've had, to be really <laughs> honest. Um, if I, yeah, coffee on the morning and then. Um, Are you sugar? Coffee. Sugar in either? No, no. Yeah. I think. Um, see, I, I vary. This is and it's such. A, this is such a like Yorkshire tea thing to say. So I'll have a coffee in the morning. Then I'll go on to a Yorkshire tea toast and jam mid morning. Yeah. Um, and then I'll be yeah Yorkshire Gold then throughout the afternoon and then a bedtime brew later on yeah just get all those subtle product mentions in there (laughs) (laughs) sound similar I like my coffee in the morning I try and replace it with a hot water when I can but then it's just not the same as it coffee to start the day and then yeah absolutely tea and jam move on to that and carry on with the tea then totally with you so what's the right way to do it is it milk first is it hot water first well we'd always say it's like you know you make it make it how you want to make it mm-hmm. um and we'd never we'd never put anyone down for making a bad brew unless yeah. it's green in which case you've definitely done something wrong or unless <laughs> the microwaves involved in which case yes yeah, you've definitely done something wrong um but uh, yeah for me it's it's um i almost said milking first then christ um it's water first tea bag hot water brew it for four minutes um and then put tea bag out and then put the milk in or do you put yeah. the milk in? yeah bag out and then milk in um yeah. if it's been if it's been brewed for a good four minutes then you won't need to uh, leave it in but yeah and then um it's, get up in the microwave and then you're done yeah exactly. <laughs> that's it <laughs> yeah and normally as well uh you want the we normally say the color of he-man like that's the that's the color that we always try and aim for in like when we're doing ads and pantones and stuff but yeah. um yeah if you if you like loads of milk and loads of sugar um then Eat go for it, it. Your own beer. make it how yeah. you want absolutely so um yeah well i think we've covered a lot there today it's been absolutely <laughs> fascinating speaking to you um i'm looking forward to finding out what happens with this dinosaur <laughs> Yeah, I say, to be <laughs> <laughs> What's going to happen there? Are the people that pop up that you know then by name? Have you got followers that you you oh, know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we've actually, we've got a, um, 
with there's there's a lot that we see that tweeters on a, a daily basis. Um, there's two which I know every morning without fail. We get quite a lot of um, police as well that sort of me uh, that messages. Um, but there's two that I know every morning without fail. We've got a couple of sort of like uh, people in the gaming space as well that we've got really good relationships with and they're constantly engaging with us. Uh, but we've also got a, um, a, small, a small group of people um, that we sort of, we've recruited them as a bit of a focus group. Yeah. Um, so they're like, they're like really, really, really dedicated <laughs> loyal Yorkshire Tea fans that we've, yeah. we've seen on Facebook for, for years. And we've sort of yeah. started working with them, just sort of bounce ideas off sometimes. Mm. And, They'll uh, know the brand, won't they? Yeah, exactly. And just to get a bit of a sense check. And uh, I found them really valuable, to be honest, just, um, you know, for, for A, bouncing ideas off, but also like for just oh. keeping them in the loop in things that we're doing and, um, you know, acting as like a, a sounding board and, just sometimes just someone just to have a chat with um, yeah. because they're all they're all really decent people um but yeah so we've we've got like i say there's a lot of frequent flyers um there's a lot of really brilliant characters in our audience that we just that we love to engage with to be honest and we see and are most of them yorkshire how far does it spread the brown you'd be surprised um, yeah. so yeah we've i mean obviously we've got a, a very core sort of like yorkshire following um but we've got we've got fans Australia um we've got in previous campaigns um that we've done where we've gained quite a bit of attention um it's gone as far as we've found sort of like Yorkshire Tea fans in Korea um, do you think they're expats then do you think they're Brits that have moved there's I think there's a lot we've there are a lot of expats um but we are we're finding like America for example America is a really interesting market for us because we're seeing a lot of people buy into the brand that have heard from us from um, either social or like the, uh, some of the influencers that we've worked with. Um, and we're starting to see sort of like traction over there pick up and people sort of like buy into the brand that, that are sort of like Native American, um, which is, it's a really interesting shift, um, to be honest with you. I find it interesting. They probably like that little bit of Britain, don't they, though, if you know what I mean? Especially yeah, it is. I think family being on the map a lot recently. Yeah, I think the Britishness of it does really, um, does help it. But I think the 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 sort of like the brand identity and the the fact that we don't, you know, take ourselves too seriously and we're quite yeah. a personal brand, I think that really helps as well. So, yeah, quite widespread. Brilliant, very exciting. So what size is your um, marketing team then? So our, our core marketing team is, uh, which I think, kind of top them up in my head now. So we, <laughs> we split out. So we've got um, eight of us, which is brand communications, which work across, we're almost like a little in-house agency. I was gonna say, absolutely, yeah. yeah so we've got, um, there's eight of us in there and we work across uh, both brands and then in each brand we've got um, these three and then we sort of report into a, a marketing director then obviously done so there's we're quite a we're, we're quite a big team um, yeah. but then we all sort of like own our individual functions so for me my core team is uh, there's three of us including myself so there's me and I've got two social media managers which I coordinate with mm -hmm. um, and then we work I work across different sections so i'm sort of like core brand comms but then also supporting um like insights and sales and bits as well so it's 
it's quite, I mean, that's just the role of digital, to be honest with you. Absolutely. Totally. So if you're looking to, when you are looking to recruit um, a team member, do you look, do you recruit on character or more experience? Um, oh, great question, Jay. Uh, <laughs> I guess it depends on the role. It, it depends on the role. Yeah, it really depends on the role. I think for me, if we're looking at like a creative role, for example, so like a, a social media manager, um, it'd be, I think for me in social, the biggest thing is that the personality that you are um, portraying across social is as authentic to that person as possible. Yeah. So they might not have the best um, social expertise, for example. I'm not saying that either of my social medias are that because they're, they're both very knowledgeable in those areas. But um, I wouldn't value that social expertise and knowing the algorithms over having that personality and that creativeness. Because I think that creativeness is something that you can't teach. The algorithms and the way social works is something that you can. Yeah. So I very much value that creativeness and that authentic personality that matches the brand over um over yeah sort of like knowing the ins and outs of social yeah because somebody can learn like you said absolutely you can pick that up it is difficult to um yeah change somebody's dna their character isn't it yeah. so, and it's it's yeah. my job ultimately as well it's my job to to guide and you know to steer that strategy in that direction so that's what yeah for me it's more that that match to the brand um and i think we've we've got that i think both social media managers are, are very much um really sort of like aligned to the brand and I think the content output on both of them is really strong um, as a result. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. And I think when you've got that culture and as a business, when you've got those type of people in it, you naturally attract it because it's what people say. And I think if you do bring in somebody who perhaps isn't a fit, the team almost works them out, if you like, because they're just not, they're not fit really. Yeah, well, it's what, it's what brought me to the business, to be honest with you. Mm. I think that personality and um, yeah. and everything else really what, what attracted what attracted me anyway. Um, I think definitely, I mean, on both brands, but I think definitely on Yorkshire Tea, I think I, I held that affinity. Um, and it was always one of those where I'm like, oh, yeah, I'd like to work there. Yeah. Um, so naturally, I think, it, yeah, it came around. Brilliant. Exciting. So well, we look forward to seeing what's next from you. Um, but it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you today. It's been fascinating to hear about your career, what different things that you've done. And um, yeah, we shall keep in touch and look forward to sharing this. Brilliant. Cheers, Jane. Thanks, Ollie. I will speak to you again soon. Bye. Thank you. Bye now.